Welcome to Intuitive Bites Podcast. I'm your host, Kirsten Ackerman, the Intuitive RD. I'm a non-diet registered dietitian and intuitive eating coach. My mission is to help women recover from diet culture and heal their relationship to food and body. Follow along as I speak with leading professionals in the field and explore concepts of intuitive eating, health at every size, and body liberation. This episode of Intuitive Bites Podcast is brought to you by Workweek Lunch. This is something that has been a lifesaver for me. Workweeklunch.com has an amazing, affordable meal planning tool that's all about saving you time, effort, and money when it comes to your meals so you can get more out of life. We all know how meal planning can be a bit overwhelming, especially when you're trying to figure out where it fits in while working on your relationship with food with intuitive eating. That's where workweeklunch.com shines. With easy-to-follow, delicious meal plans, it takes the guesswork out of what to cook and helps you focus more on enjoying your food. What I personally love about Workweek Lunch is how it simplifies decision-making around food in the moment. No more decision fatigue about meals leading to grazing throughout the day and ultimately not feeling good. Workweek Lunch makes your life easier, giving you back those precious hours for things you love beyond the kitchen. If you're ready to get organized with your food in a way that supports, not hinders, your relationship with food, head over to workweeklunch.com slash intuitive dash bites for five of my favorite meal prep recipes that will help you totally rethink what it means to meal plan. Save time, enjoy your food, and take the stress out of mealtime with Workweek Lunch. Hey guys, welcome to episode 170 of Intuitive Bites Podcast. Today I'm chatting with Naomi Katz, who you may know from Instagram as at Happy Shapes Naomi. And we're answering the question, what if weight loss really would help my situation, right? What if your doctor is telling you to lose weight? Or you feel like losing weight would help you manage this chronic disease that you're dealing with? Or you feel like losing weight would clearly make you more comfortable traveling or just comfortable in general. So uh, really, really valid questions and valid situations to talk about. And I'm excited to share this conversation with Naomi with you guys. I think you're going to get a lot out of um, our discussion around this. Before I dive into this conversation today, I also want to let you guys know that I do have some spots available for one-on-one coaching right now. So if you are feeling just like you could really benefit from one-on-one support and guidance on healing your relationship with food, body, and movement, you're kind of sick of trying to do it on your own and not really feeling like you're moving in the direction you want to be going, um, I would really recommend filling uh, filling out an application. I'm going to leave the link below this episode, so you can just quickly click that and fill out the form. It takes a couple minutes to fill out, and then I will reach out to you. I'll also leave the form on my uh, Instagram page. So my Instagram is at the intuitive underscore RD, and you can just click the link in the bio there and fill out the form. All right, guys, let's go ahead and head into this conversation with Naomi. All right. Welcome, Naomi. I'm so glad that you're here. Can you please just share a little bit about yourself and the work that you do? Yeah. First of all, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to have this conversation. Um, So I am the owner and also only person at Happy Shapes Coaching. Um, I do intuitive eating and body image coaching. Um, 
And what I mean by that is I am not a dietitian or a therapist, so I don't do nutritional recommendations or like actual therapy, but I do a lot of work with folks around the diet mindset and sort of letting go of that, reclaiming autonomy in their lives and sort of intuitive eating as a gateway to that. Um, I love that. Yeah, it's, it's pretty awesome work that I really enjoy doing. Cool. So question. I guess two things. What is your background? And then, yeah, I guess a little bit about like your life experience that led you to this path. Sure. So um, it might professionally, I have a background as a certified Pilates instructor, and then ultimately a certified personal trainer, a certified nutrition coach. I did all of those things. Mm -hmm. Um, And truly, so I guess these things kind of actually meld together really well. I have a personal history of an eating disorder. I also have um, family members with histories of eating disorders. And so I sort of entered this arena through a very toxic diet culture path, but it never really sat very well with me because of what I had experienced in my own life and what I had seen family members deal with. And I, at some point on social media, learned about health at every size and the anti-diet movement and intuitive eating and everything just kind of clicked for me. And I realized that that was where I needed to be putting my energy and that it aligned with my values with day-to-day and high level, just so much better than any of the other stuff that I was doing before. Oh, so interesting. And I'm like, check, check, check. Like, although I, my path was like nutrition, becoming a dietitian, whatever, like very much resonates. I just always love hearing like where people come from and and how they get to this work. So thanks for sharing that. Yeah, of course. Okay. So I want to dive into our topic today because I just know so many people resonate with this question and I get it over and over again. So the topic that I want to talk about is a post that you made a few weeks back. And the question on the post was, what if weight loss would actually help my situation? So I guess where I'd like to start with this is like, what are, because again, I hear this so many times for so many folks, what are some of those situations that people might be referring to when they ask this question that they're like, maybe weight loss would actually be beneficial here? Yeah, that's a really good question because they kind of fall into two categories. So sometimes the questions are things like, well, what if weight loss would actually help my joints? What if weight loss would actually help my uh, blood sugar? What if weight loss would actually help, you know, insert health thing here? Yes. And, you know, the answer to that is a lot of like deconstructing the diet culture within health and like pointing towards, um, you know, the research that's out there about how weight actually isn't the influence on that, that we think it is, and that we can improve health markers independent of weight and all of that stuff. So there's a lot of like factual debunking when the question falls into one of those categories. But then there's the other set, the other category, which is um, things like, I would have an easier time finding clothes that fit. 
I would have an easier time accessing medical care and just sort of generally not experiencing weight stigma from, you know, family, from friends, from society in general. I would be able to fit in airplane seats better and things like that. Like things that really fall into these like structural and systemic issues that are truly like it's undoubtedly true that weight loss can help us navigate those things in society yes and yeah. I should I should rephrase yeah. that it's not that weight loss would do it it's that being in a smaller body would do it right in the living in a world that is built for in some ways smaller bodies like it would alleviate that stress for sure. I exactly. love how you broke that down. That is so helpful. So I guess like, let's, let's talk about like, well, let's try to go into each of those little camps. So the first being like, yeah, like I, when I, if I had less pressure on my joints from the weight, like it would feel better. Or like, I know when I've lost weight in the past or gone on a diet, like my blood sugar has improved. Like, what do you say to that? Where it seems like, yeah, like weight loss would definitely help the situation. Yeah. So, I mean, first of all, I think for stuff in both categories, it's super, super helpful to review like the actual facts and statistics about intentional weight loss. Um, so, you know, things like over 95% of diets fail in the long term. Um, and the fact that like about two thirds of people regain more weight than they lost. Yeah. Um, that dieting is the number one predictor of eating disorders. So that like the reality of the situation is in a much more likely result of intentional weight loss instead of losing weight is either weight gain or the development of an eating disorder. Yeah. And so like powerful recognizing yeah. what's that? It's yeah. a powerful statement, like to put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, recognizing that, especially when we're talking about things within like a health context is like, okay, so even if like some miraculous form of intent of weight loss would possibly help these health markers, we can't do that. There actually isn't a safe, effective way to do that. So like, it kind of doesn't matter if like a being in a smaller body would change your health markers because there's no way to get a smaller body. Um, and, you know, the other thing is to start looking at what factors can we actually have an impact on that impact these health things. So for instance, with joints, like, okay, well, what about physical therapy? What about strengthening? What about other like you know, movement practices that might actually focus on the thing that you're concerned about instead of some peripheral thing like weight loss. Yes. Um, ditto for, you know, blood sugars. Like, okay, well, I mean, and you know, as a registered dietitian, yeah. <laughs> like there's all kinds of ways that we can address blood sugar issues that aren't weight loss. There are, you know, things like combining certain nutrients, looking at stress levels, looking at sleep, like all this other stuff that impacts blood sugar yeah. independent of weight loss. Right. And in fact, like, it's like, it's like kind of, you're saying like, there's these, like it's weight is probably just something that's also affected by making some of these changes. Right. It's not like, okay, let's like focus on something other than weight. It's like weight was never actually the thing to be looking at, to manage your blood sugar levels. It's actually, yeah. Like 
eating more consistently, hydrating yourself, moving in a way that's joyful and feels really good for you. So then it's sustainable, right? It's like, I think people think of it as like, okay, I have to try this other route. And it's like, no, these were always at the core. It's just, we're approaching it in a more sustainable, holistic way. Yeah. And I think that's why it's so important to phrase it as intentional weight loss, because like, some of these things may or may not result in weight loss, but regardless, the weight loss isn't the thing that's moving the dial. It's the other behaviors because weight loss isn't a behavior. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, so good. I love that. Okay. Um, as you were talking, some things I was thinking that like 95% of diets fail and like up to two thirds of people like regain weight, whatever. Um, I guess what I just want to say with, with those numbers is like, I also think it's helpful to like bring it back to your own personal experience of like, what has been true for you? Because we can say like, but XYZ person on social media is doing XYZ. And the thing is, we don't know the after their after photo or whatever you want to talk about. Like, we don't actually know how that's going to pan out three, five years from now. But the point is, you know, what your individual experience has been with intentional weight loss. And I think that's really good to come back to, you know, hundred, I couldn't agree more. This is actually like a huge part of the work that I do with folks because so many people come into this work, like intellectually knowing, okay, I know the statistics. I know diet doesn't work. Diets don't work. Like intellectually I've read the things like I, I know all of this stuff, but like, what they truly in, like internally feel and believe for themselves just isn't aligning. And so there's all this like cognitive dissonance. So a lot of the work that I do with folks is like kind of bridging that gap between like the intellectual knowledge and what we, and the internalization. And that all comes down to applying what we know intellectually to our actual lives. Like looking at like, oh, actually, this isn't a statistic. This is actually true in my life also. It's so powerful to do that. Yeah. And really bring it back. Yeah. That was helpful to to hear you lay it out that way. Okay. So let's talk about the other side of the spectrum for a second of folks who are more in that camp of like, I just want to be able to like horseback ride or zip line or go on an airplane more comfortably. And like, I should be able to do that. Like, what do you say to those folks? Yeah. So I, I mean, I usually start kind of in the same thing. Like it's still really important to recognize what the actual statistics are because what that means is that even if undeniably a smaller body would make these things easier for you, it doesn't matter because there is no way to get yourself that smaller body. I like to say um, that like if I had a million dollars, that would like absolutely make my life easier in like so many ways, but it doesn't matter because I have no realistic way to get a million dollars. So like, I can't look at that as a solution to my problems. It's just like, yeah, this would be easier, but I don't have that. So I need to find other ways to navigate these situations. Yep. That's really helpful. Um, So one thing I want to say related to this is like, I can see somebody on the other side, like listening to this saying like, okay, you can't get the smaller body, but like, why does it feel like it is so attainable? Right? Like we've got like this, it feels like it's a thing that we can do. And I think it's because the short term for a good majority of people, especially if you're early in your dieting journey is that you can lose some weight. Or maybe yeah. wait, and you can find that control. So it feels like, yeah, like I can do it if I just have enough willpower and control and like, just keep doing that. So I guess, can you speak to like, what's going on with that thought process? What would you say to that person? 
Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's why it's so important to look at not just the statistics, but our actual experiences, because um, like it does look like success for a little while and then it very much doesn't. And it's sure as shit doesn't feel like success when that starts to happen. And so like really getting some literacy around like, why do weight loss studies say what they say? Like, oh, because there's no follow-up. Right. <laughs> like like this three months later, they successfully kept the weight off or whatever. Exactly. <laughs> like, like, why does the media paint it the way it does? Like, why... Um, do you, are there so, why do medical providers say what they say? Like all of this stuff, like, like looking at the background, getting some literacy around it and starting to really understand how deeply anti-fatness is woven into our society as a structure, mm-hmm. because that explains both why it feels possible and why it's portrayed as being possible. And also why it's hard to navigate this world in a larger body and that it is not our fault, both that diets don't work and Naomi, I've lost her audio and I can't see you. I wonder if you're seeing me that our bodies don't feel like Okay. I can see you. Oh, am I back? You're back. I hear you. I'm lost. That was weird. I don't know where I lost you. So it might be hard to pick back up. Okay. I think I can sort of rephrase what I said. (laughs) Okay. I know it's tricky. Um, So did you hear that I said about like recognizing the structural anti-fatness? Yes. Okay. And recognizing that is important because it explains, one, why it feels possible, and two, why the world feels like it's easier to navigate in a smaller body. And being able to look at like the structural reasons for that make it to where we can recognize that it's not our fault. One, that we aren't successfully losing weight, and two that like it feels like the world isn't built for us or that we don't fit in the world as our bodies are. Like neither of those things are our fault. It's the system, it's the structure. Yeah, I feel like it's so helpful on this healing journey to like, yeah, have that ability to pan out and like not blame yourself for, hey, I still have the desire to lose weight even though I know I shouldn't, quote unquote, shouldn't have that desire, right? Or like whatever to like pan out and be like, no, 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 like you are, this is a normal way to feel in this environment, in this culture. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And you know, the, this is also one of the reasons why like, So like, it's really helpful to start with the statistics on dieting and like that understanding, but it's also an oversimplification of like why weight loss isn't a solution. Like, because it's not just the science, it's not just that diets don't work. It's that the real problem is that we live in an anti-fat society and like, that so like our body isn't the problem we have to fix society and that structure is the problem we have to fix to sort of expand on the like million dollars um you know analogy right like a million dollars wouldn't make my life easier in any like 
actual material way if we didn't live in a capitalist society with like wealth inequality, like lack of social support, all of that stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. And so like, yeah, like I could hustle, I could burn myself out to earn more money. Like it's not that there aren't ways to like make more money, but without a change to capitalism, without a change to the structure, it would be temporary at best. Mm -hmm. And at worst, I would be perpetuating the problem for myself and for other people, right? And so like in the same way, if we can recognize that it's not our bodies that are the problem, it's the system, then like we can also know that like navigating the world in a smaller body, like, yeah, might be easier, but it wouldn't be if we didn't live in in an anti-fat world. And so pursuing weight loss is at best temporary and like totally fails to address all of the systemic harm. Yeah. What a great analogy. That's amazing. <laughs> Thanks. So helpful. <laughs> yeah, so helpful. I love that. Okay. So I, yeah, could talk about a million things related to all of this, but really what I, how I want to wrap up here is speaking to that person who's listening to all of this and maybe feeling discouraged, especially to the part of the conversation that's like, Hey, it doesn't really matter. Like if you feel like weight loss would help, like you can't get there. So, so like for that person that's feeling discouraged, what are your thoughts for them? What like guidance do you have for that person right now? Yeah. Because it totally sounds like (laughs) tough, tough luck. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And it's, and it's not that. So I want to preface this by saying that like body autonomy is like the most important thing and like ownership over our bodies. And so we each get to do our own like risk benefit analysis about whether like a temporary change to our body size might be worth it to get some temporary relief from the structural anti-fatness. Like maybe doing this temporarily will like get us cleared for surgery, allow us to go on our dream trip, like get a job we want, buy our wedding dress, like all these things. And so like, that's, valid. That is a valid choice. And so I want to make sure that we're not like stigmatizing like people who do make that choice because that is like as essentially a survival mode thing. So like no stigma about that whatsoever. And for folks who aren't going to make that choice, and honestly, even for folks who are going to make that choice, the thing to that we need to do is start unpacking anti-fatness. And we start that by doing that work by ourselves, right? Like learning about the structures and the systems inherent in anti-fatness and stuff like that. Learning about, you know, the social roots and like anti-Blackness and patriarchy and like all of this stuff. Um, Acknowledging all the ways that like anti-fatness asks us to sacrifice parts of our lives Mm -hmm. this that's that whole bringing it back to like what our actual personal experience is right like how we have to sacrifice so much pleasure so many experiences so much connection for the sake of a smaller body Mm -hmm. notice how these things might not align with our values like day-to-day and high level and then you know start to turn our blame and anger outwards so we're not turning that blame and anger on ourselves, on our bodies, like, oh, if only my body was different, I'm the problem. We're turning it outwards at the system. Mm -hmm. And once we do that, then what we can really focus on is the long-term solution, Mm -hmm. which is fat liberation 
advocacy for fat bodies, like, you know, actually trying to take steps towards systemic change, which is hard and exhausting. And it feels really terrible a lot of the time, but long-term is actually the only fix. I'm so glad I asked you that question because that's so <laughs> helpful and amazing and like so concise and like actionable and amazing. Great. Um, thank you so much for your time today. This was such an incredible conversation. I'm excited to share it with folks. Can you please share where people can find you on all the places on the internet as well as any offerings that you have to people right now? Yeah, absolutely. So I am on Instagram at Happy Shapes Naomi. Um, and my website is happyshapes.co. Um, and you can kind of find all of my information in both of these places. I do one-on-one -on -one intuitive eating and anti-diet coaching, mm -hmm. um, which I actually have one spot open right now. <laughs> it's been on wait list for like six months. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. And I actually have one spot opening up. So that's something that people can check out at the website. Um, I also do a group coaching program called Nourish and Bloom. It is a 40 week program, which is really wow. long, but it's very in depth and kind That's of high cool. touch. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so that runs essentially like once a year and will uh, reopen in like this, I think, early summer, late spring this year. Um, and then I also do, because accessibility is super important to me, I do one-off pay-what-you-can calls called Mindset Reset Calls um, that, you know, people, you know, if they don't need or want a long-term coaching um, situation, um, but they just need a little feedback, these are, this is a really accessible way to work with me on stuff. I do also offer scholarship spots and pay-what-you-can for both one-on-one -on -one and group coaching also. Amazing. And I have a podcast. I co-host a podcast called Satisfaction Factor, which we're really excited to have you on very yeah. soon. <laughs> That's so fun. Yeah, glad you you threw that in there too. But your offerings sound amazing. Thank you so much for for sharing them. Yeah, thank you. All right, guys, that is a wrap on episode 170 with Naomi Katz. Just a reminder, you can find her over on Instagram at Happy Shapes Naomi. And also a reminder to fill out my one-on-one -on -one coaching form if you're interested in getting more support and guidance on your healing journey. I'm going to leave that link right below this episode so you can quickly access it. Or you can go over to the link on my Instagram, which is at the intuitive underscore RD. All right, guys, I hope you have a great week and I will talk to you soon.